good for you. Well, isn't that interesting? Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. An 11 o'clock kick. Don't phase Bison fans, baby. Good morning, Bison Nation. I I see you out there. I know you're just like your, your old buddy, your pal Swanee. You've got that permanent grin tattooed to your face ear to ear because it's 8 a.m. and you're tailgating out at the Fargo Dome. It's 8 a.m. and you're sitting at Herd and Horns. Brett Tavine, the fine proprietor of that establishment. They got 740 the fan on. Heard it here with Swanee as the patrons start filtering in the doors to kick off another Bison football Saturday. Tablegating at Chubbs, Yancer, Shannon, Dan, Nick, Brother Swan and the boys, Wado. Those guys getting her fired up for another Bison game day. And all across the metro and state of North Dakota, Bison fans are getting ready for a quarterfinal playoff game for the ninth year in a row. This is the ninth year in a row that the North Dakota State Bison are in the Elite Eight of the FCS playoffs. That is absurdly awesome. That is awesome. The familiar 11 o'clock kick quarterfinal Saturday toothpaste U from upstate New York, Colgate, head coach Dan Hunt, bringing his Raiders, the Colgate Raiders, to the Fargo Dome for the first time out of the Patriot League. Number nine in the Stats FCS poll, number seven in the coaches poll, 10-1. and one. They ain't seen a team like this, though. You guys catch that main Weber State game? You see that last night out in Ogden, Utah? Maine upsetting. The number two ranked Weber State, the top team on that side of the bracket, 23 to 18. Weber State had a touchdown at the last second to pull within five. Tell you what, either one of those teams, they would be beat by the Bison by 28 points minimum. Minimum. North Dakota State has a Colgate team that's coming into the Thunderdome. This morning, and I don't know about you guys, but it it seems to me just following stuff on social media this week, listening to their coach, listening to some of their players being interviewed, I, I don't know that they understand the thunderstorm that's about to fall square on their heads at 11 o'clock this morning. And you're a big part of that, Bison Nation. Colgate, here's what they had to say this week. I'm not making this up. I'm, I make a ton of stuff up. I'm I'm the king of exaggeration and hyperbole 
You can ask any of my buddies. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you. I'm not making this up, though. This is hand to God, God's honest truth. Colgate, you remember a few years ago, 2015, Richmond, coached by now Delaware coach Danny Rocco, Kyle Laletta, they upset Illinois State in the quarterfinals, came up to the Fargo Dome for a Friday night light semifinal game. They made a a big to-do about how practicing in their basketball arena with the noise cranked up would get them ready for you guys, for the Fargo Dome, for all that energy and craziness and excitement. Well, Colgate, as is, is Ma Swanee is fond of saying, go one better, go one better, Ma Swanee, go one better. Colgate went all Animal House this week, went to one of the fraternities on campus, uh, a very good academic school, 3,000 students. It's actually named after the toothpaste magnate. He gave a bunch of money back in the 1800s for the school as a, as a North Dakota State proud history major. I feel obligated to drop that history on you. But they went to one of their fraternities on campus and borrowed some loudspeakers to play during practice to try to get acclimated to the noise. All right, that sounds good. Say I'm going to stand with the freezer door open for five minutes and try to acclimate myself to a North Dakota winter, to a North Dakota blizzard. How's that going to work out for you? You guys got to crank up the juice today. Colgate, Colgate thinks that turning up some loudspeakers at practice is going to get them ready for North Dakota State playoff football morning prime time. When you have prime time in the morning, 11 o'clock, ESPN on the mothership, on ESPN, coast to coast, sea to shining sea, all eyes of football nation will be tuned into the bison because we are in a football-starved weekend, and the number one entree on the menu is some bison football. The only FBS game going on today is Army-Navy. The Army-Navy, the cadets and the midshipmen are playing. Other than that, you've got some FCS playoff action, starting with the Bison, undisputed, heavyweight champions of the FCS. 52-10 to 10 against Montana State. I told you that last week. The pick'em segment, I think Chase and uh, Nolan P. Schmidt think I'm half out of my mind when I put up these scores of 58-7 to 7 or 48-3. to 3. You guys know what I'm talking about. I do it every week, and, and half of it, we're having a good time here on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM The Fan. Make sure to check out our show page at 740thefan.com. We have every episode and all of its audio podcast glory for you. But I'm serious when I make those picks because this Bison team is historic. This Bison team does not have a weakness. This Bison team is amongst the best in the country whether it's moving the ball on offense, whether it's taking up time, chewing up clock, getting first downs, whether it's explosive plays out of the backfield. When you rush last week, friends, 9.2 yards per carry. Are you kidding me? That's, that's video game statistics. NDSU put up 470 yards on the ground. When Montana State, when the Bobcats knew, they knew that the Bison were going to be running the football. And North Dakota State said, darn right, we're running the ball, and we're running at you left, we're running at you right, up the middle, left again, right again. 
and Montana State could not stop it. That's hard to do in football. Luke Bacon, we had Luke Bacon, pride of McHenry County, North Dakota, senior offensive lineman. We had Luke on the show earlier this year. I loved his postgame quote during the press conference. He said, we had a couple things we wanted to do. We wanted to keep Easton clean. We didn't want to let our quarterback juggernaut, Walter Payton Award finalist, number 12 Easton stick. We wanted to keep him upright. We didn't want him to take any hits. Check that box. And we wanted to run the ball, man. Those big nasties, those Rams up front, they want to get off that line. They want to release, and they want to come right at you. And that's what they did to Montana State. Montana State could not stop that. And you know what? For his vaunted, I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing all week how good this Colgate defense is out of the Patriot League. The Patriot League. That's not a Missouri Valley football conference. To me, it's more impressive what North Dakota State's defense has done, being ranked as the number six total defense in the country coming out of the Missouri Valley football conference where week in and week out, you're running through a gauntlet of teams that can take you down. in the Patriot League, are you kidding me? North Dakota State's defense in the Patriot League, what would, they, would, would they give up any points? I doubt it. I doubt it. Colgate's running into that buzzsaw today. And I'm sure Bison players and coaches are tired of hearing about this vaunted Colgate defense. Just like they got tired of hearing about this dual threat throwback quarterback Troy Anderson from Montana State who was going to rush the ball all over the Bison. How'd that work out? How'd that work out? I see another game very similar to what we saw last weekend. Now, I'm not dissing Colgate. All right, maybe I'm dissing Colgate a little bit. But playing a Patriot League schedule does not get you ready to come into the Fargo Dome and play a Bison team that is firing on all cylinders in historic proportions. It doesn't. Period. End of sentence. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Swanee, didn't they, uh, didn't they beat that oh, one team, you know, those guys? Uh, yeah, James Madison, the Dukies from JMU, didn't they uh, beat JMU last week? Sure as shoot, they did. 23-20, to last-second field goal, snuck in the right side of the upright. If you're uh, sitting by Brother Swan, Pa Swanee, myself at the Fargo Dome, we had the game up on our cell phones. Last weekend, watching that, giving updates to every row around us within shouting distance, letting them know. JMU's quarterback, Ben DiNucci, threw five interceptions, five picks, and you win by three points? You know what North Dakota State's offense would do if Code Green gave them the ball five times off of interceptions? You know what they would do. That game would be over faster than you can say, oh, oh, oh. So I don't want to take anything away from Colgate, but the JMU team they beat, they got highlights if you're at Herd and Horns or Chubbs. They're showing North Dakota State versus Colgate highlights, or preview, rather, on college game day right now. North Dakota State reigning FCS champs, Lee Corso, Kirk Herbstreet, Desmond Fowler, and the boys talking about the Bison. But that wasn't the 2016 JMU team that Colgate beat. It wasn't even the 2017 
James Madison team that North Dakota State beat in the championship last year. I went through and I watched that game, folks, and I'm sure many of you did. Neither team really impressed me. And maybe because that's where we're so spoiled watching the Bison up here this year. Their quarterback, that running dude, one-dimensional. We talked about it last week, one-dimensional. If you come into the Fargo Dome with a spread offense thinking you're going to run the ball all over the Bison against a giant front seven code green defense, welcome to Jabril Cox, Greg Menard, Karch, Steidel, Marlette, Jordheim, and the boys. All right, good luck to you. Good luck to you, man. That didn't happen, and you're one-dimensional. You're one-dimensional, so this one could get out of hand early, and North Dakota State will find themselves, hopefully, in a Friday Night Lights. That's a question. We'll we'll unpack that later on. Heard it here with Swanee, a question. Two questions I've been getting all week. Question number one, what's going to happen with Bison head coach Chris Kleiman? Is he going to Kansas State? And I'll have a lot to say about that in a few minutes here. The other question I've been getting is, Swanee, Old Swanee. We play in that Friday night semifinal game, the Friday night lights, the most anticipated game in the Fargo Dome every year. If you're going to play in Texas, you better have some bison in the band. Next week, I don't know. I don't know if we will or not. Conventional wisdom says that every year since 2012, ESPN has put us on the Friday night lights semifinal game where we would play the winner of South Dakota State and Kennesaw State. That game kicks off 1 o'clock Central, Kennesaw, Georgia, and they are talking some rain falling precipitously from the heavens. One to three inches of rain. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. How's it going to impact that game? I don't know. I thought the snow and the wintry conditions would impact SDSU last weekend down in Brookings, and they just, you know, Yawn, ho-hum, another day at the office. They cranked her up against Duquesne. Kennesaw State ain't Duquesne, though. And the Owls give a hoot. The Owls from Kennesaw, Georgia, they're going to give the Bunnies a game today. We'll talk about that in the coach climate situation here. Coming up on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan and 107.3 FM. Come on, come on, turn the radio on. Check. 740 The Fan is owned and operated and join by Midwest. Swanee to go over the big headlines for this week's matchup. Live reports from tablegating at Herd and Horns by the campus of North Dakota State University. Brent Tavine tells me that the patrons there are loving Heard It Here with Swanee. So if you're at Herd and Horns, I want you to take a minute, acknowledge your neighbor, put a horn up, put the horns up, all of you. Get your horns up high in the sky. I want you to raise whatever beverage you have in front of you. Horns up now. Get them up high. I want you to take that beverage, and I want you to give a go bison. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to all you folks out there tailgating, wherever you are, tailgating. The diehards out at the Fargo Dome parking lot, Fargo Beer Company. I saw on Twitter those boys were out there getting after it this morning. Bear Grendahl and the boys. Want to thank Seaberg Power Sports, Peterman Seeds, Welton's Tire Service, Altendorf Trucking, Chris Heisey, American Family Insurance Agent, and Valley Tire for bringing this fine audio production to you this morning, Saturday, quarterfinal 
football Saturday as the North Dakota State Bison have a matchup against the vaunted Colgate Raiders. Defense, want to thank Josh Linus running the boards, keeping the trains on time here at 7.40 a.m. The Fan. Check out the show page at 7.40 a.m. The Fan.com. Nolan P. Schmidt, editor-in-chief, buys an illustrator. There's so much to talk about this morning. I don't know if we want to get folks all kind of – see, what I don't want to do is ruin the happy hour this morning. I don't want to ruin the happy hour and say, it's Chris Kleiman gone to Kansas State. <laughs> I want folks – I want to save that for a few minutes. Let let the, the folks – tailgating or table gating get a few more big drinks beverages in them to uh get in the festive yuletide cheer before we broach that topic colgate's got a good defense man but what i want to start with is that uh main weber state game that rock fight in ogden utah where both quarterbacks and, and i saw one of the local media members out there twittering last night and i'm spot on board with what he was saying the quarterback play in that game was terrible. Now, some of you might say, well, you know, Maine and Weber State, good defenses. Man, those offenses, they were worse than pedestrian. And I, I think it reinforces the point we were making on the Bison Illustrated podcast. If you want more great Bison content, check out the Bison Illustrated podcast over at bisonillustrated.com. The point we've been making since the playoff field was announced a couple weeks ago, the top side of the bracket was overloaded. South Dakota State should have been on the bottom half of the bracket. And I think Maine, UC Davis, or Eastern Washington, whoever ends up playing in Frisco is going to get absolutely housed, get absolutely blown out by the team on the top half of the bracket. Is that too much of a high-octane take? You know, I think the two Big Sky teams, I think whatever team it is, Eastern I think whoever wins the game today between Eastern Washington and UC Davis is the one that goes to Frisco. Just based on, and you know, it's kind of funny because we came in at the beginning of this week and we said, okay, Maine, now this this Maine team might have something because they racked up 55 points against Jacksonville State. They're going out to Weber. It's a cross-country flight. We're like, okay, well, they're not used to scoring that many points. We wonder how their offense is going to react. And then we were kind of surprised that they put up 55 points to begin with. And I think what we saw last night was a bit of a return to normalcy in a way. I mean, obviously, it wasn't the performance offensively that Maine wants. But at the same time, you know, they're coming off a week where they scored 55 points. And, I mean, everybody thought that they were this unbelievably talented offensive group of players. And that's just not been the case. If you look at the statistics for Maine, that's just not the type of football team they are. They're a defensive football team. So, I mean, it's not surprising to see them take, you know, whatever, a step back from a 55-point outing against Jacksonville State. But at the same time, Swanee, I think regardless of if they play UC Davis or Eastern Washington, they automatically have the edge because Eastern Washington and UC Davis are far and away better offensive teams than Maine and Weber State. Weber State's a heck of a good football team, and I thought they were well-deserving of that number two seed. But at the same time, they rely heavily on physical defensive play to win football games. I mean, people in this area know that for when they came up to Grand Forks and they had to kind of gut one out against UND late, late in the regular season. They had to win with their defense. They've had to do it all season long. So, I mean... I think either way, UC Davis, Eastern Washington, that's the team that has the advantage over Maine just because of how talented both of those teams are offensively. Yeah, Constantine, Jake Constantine, the quarterback for Weber State, folks, he he was bad last night, 24-52, four interceptions. When you're playing in the quarterfinals of the playoffs, when you're playing in any 
football game, whether it's high school, college, professional, flag football with the kids, whatever, you can't throw four interceptions. And some of those interceptions were just bad. They were bad decisions. He locked onto a receiver and a safety was just camping out, waiting for it. And and that's why Weber State, I don't know if I'll I'll agree they probably should have been, on, been the number two team on that side of the bracket. But to win in the playoffs, you need a couple things. You need a good defense and you need good quarterback play. Weber State couldn't check that box. Maine Ferguson, he was a, a an efficient fifteen for thirty for a buck seventy two scores. Picked up some big first downs when he had to. I like, and I said it. I said it from when we did our uh, playoff bracket show preview on Bison Illustrated. You can check out that podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes or BisonIllustrated.com. I said I like UC Davis on that side of the bracket. Uh, they had a, a heck of a game against Northern Iowa last Saturday night. I it was a football crazy Saturday for us. My wife and I. It's it's my wife's birthday. It's Libby's birthday. So if you see happy her, birthday. If you see her out and about, and so what? What I can say on the radio right now, we're we're throwing a surprise party for her. And oh. I, I know my my uh, sister in law and brother in law. They're driving up from Watertown right now, listening. They're saying, "Why? Why are you saying no, that? No, don't no, tell her, no, don't tell because she's not listening. Because <laughs> for as great as I think I am, my my wife keeps me in check and keeps me grounded because she's not listening. I'll, I'll get home after the she radio. She irons show. out your ego over there. Oh yeah, yeah. she brings me down to <laughs> earth pretty quick. So she'll she she's not listening. So I could say we're throwing a surprise party for Libby today. If you see us out and about in Fargo, wish her a happy birthday." We were watching that game last weekend. We watched the Eastern Washington Nichols game. Then we watched the uh, the UNI Davis game. Out of all those teams, Davis, and I know it's a one-game snapshot, limited sample size, what have you, Davis impressed me the most. Davis impressed me the most. I think Davis beats Eastern Washington today. I think Davis beats Maine next week, and I think North Dakota State plays Davis in the national championship game, and with all that history there, that'll be a fun game. Nolan, we got we got so much to talk about. We kind of got to shift gears here. Topic A1, we were texting about it yesterday. We talked about it on the podcast earlier in the week. Then things really, really ramped up yeah. as far as Chris Kleiman and the Kansas State situation. Seth Luttrell, the Northern Texas coach, North Texas coach, the Mean Green, he looked to be the leader in the clubhouse. But what's emerging is that there appears to be some sort of stipulation or condition with whatever coach takes that job that he has to keep the coaches left behind by Bill Snyder. And that's unusual. That's very unusual. What happens most of the time, almost all of the time, in fact, is that the new coach can bring in his own guys, whoever he wants. He cleans house. He gets rid of the old regime. Now, you might have a situation where the athletic director says, hey, I want you to keep this one coach around because he's really connected with the high school coaches. They really, really like him. The players like him. Can you find a spot for this one guy on your staff? That happens. That's fairly common. What's completely out of the norm is, and I think Gene Taylor's hands were tied. Gene Taylor's hands were tied. This wasn't a Gene Taylor decision. This was something I think forced upon Gene Taylor where one of the conditions it appears with that job, and they're talking about it on college game day right now behind us, Bill Snyder retiring, who are they going to replace him with, was that the new coach has to keep Snyder's coaching staff. Seth Luttrell, who's an up-and-comer, and the FBS has done some really nice things in North Texas, can recruit Texas, which K-State did when they were winning Big 12 championships, he's not going to want that. He walked away from that. That's where apparently the negotiations fell apart. Chris Kleiman is a great football coach. Having said that, rare is the opportunity to make the leap from an FCS job to a Power 5 job. 
and a guy like Coach Kleiman may be more inclined to take that Kansas State job with the condition that he has to keep Snyder's guys. Yeah, and you know, it's it's there's just so many things going on here that I, I think we'll definitively know for sure what's going on tomorrow morning wow. at the same time. But, you know, there's other names out there that Kansas State has been tied to, whether it's, you know, Mike Norvell at Memphis, who's only been the coach there for three years, or I believe it's Neil Brown, who's the coach at Troy down in Alabama, and then obviously Jim Levitt, who's the OC at Oregon State, who formerly was an assistant at Kansas State under Bill Snyder. So, I mean, there's names out there besides Chris Kleiman that have been tied. I, I read from an ESPN report that Chris Kleiman and Jim Levitt are the 1A guys, and that, you know, whether that's the truth or not, I don't know. I think... You know, us and Fargo would agree that Chris Kleiman deserves a Power 5 job at some point in his career. Amen. But you look at it, Swanee, you look at all these reports coming out from different media members, whether it's ESPN or the Kansas area, Kansas City, whatever, you look at it, and every single Kansas State fan doesn't want Chris Kleiman in Manhattan. They're nuts. And, th- and, that, and it is nuts. It's crazy for them to say that, but, you know, you look at it, Swanee, and we talked about it on the podcast, do donors, one, of Kansas State, and two, fans of Kansas State want a guy from North Dakota State. Now, our opinion is obviously moot in their opinions, in their minds, because we think Chris Kleiman is a great coach. He would do great things at Kansas State, but they're of the mindset that because he was an FCS head coach, he can't make it happen at the Power 5 level. And, I mean, you even look to Craig Bull. Craig Bull's faced his fair share of struggles in a Mountain West school in Wyoming. So you wonder, you know, I think if it's Chris Kleiman, that's the guy. And, you know, I'm personally, I'm still up in the air as to if that's going to be the case or not tomorrow. If you're Gene Taylor, you have to have a heck of a lot of you-know-what to to pull the trigger on Chris Kleiman. You really do. A big-time, a big-time pair of them. Gene's Gene's got grapes. Make make no mistake. Gene is not a guy who's afraid to make a decision. And if he's getting pushback on it, if if Gene Taylor thinks Chris Kleiman is his guy, he'll pull the trigger unless his president former chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Richard General Rich Myers, unless he says we can't do this because Joe Booster, who writes us a $50 million check for our indoor practice facility, he's saying he's pulling some money. I that's think the caveat. That's the caveat. That's the caveat. And, and I don't think Gene cares whether or not it's popular with their fan base. They wanted to fire Bruce Weber, their basketball right. coach down there. He just took them he's good coach. to an Elite Eight. He has them in the top ten of the country when Gene arrived in Manhattan, Kansas. The fan base was howling and the knives were out and sharpened, saying, you got to fire him. you got to fire him. Well, Gene, Gene Taylor knows a good coach when he sees a good coach. The question is, for Bison fans, and this is what, I, this is, this is what we've been getting all week, if that happens in the next 24 hours, in the next 36 hours, if Chris Kleiman becomes the next head coach at Kansas State, coming up after the break, we're going to tackle this topic. Who's on the short list to be the next head coach of the Bison? This is Heard It Here with Swanee at 740 AM The Fan and 107.3 FM. 740 The Fan. Orthopedic and sports medicine, caring for you like nowhere else. For more information, visit EssentiaHealth.org. at 740 a.m. The fan looking around the studios, I see Nolan P. Schmidt, Chase Miller, and Josh Linus, and we are surrounded by Christmas lights and decor and candy canes and 
wrapping paper and speaking of the holiday spirit, the North Dakota State Student Athlete Advisory Council's fourth annual toy drive continues this week. SAC members will be collecting new unwrapped toys and cash for donation to the Ronald McDonald House of the Red River Valley. Donations will be accepted in the tailgating lots and west entrance prior to Saturday's football game and also at tonight's men's basketball game at 7 p.m. against Eastern Washington. Online donations may be, may be made may be made to at, on Twitter, at NDSU-SAC, that's S-A-A-C, at NDSU-SAAC, using the Venmo mobile app. So make sure you uh, check that stuff out, a worthy cause, NDSU Student Athlete Advisory Council. They'll be at the uh, women's game tomorrow, too. They will be, yeah. and then working, working hard to make sure some kids have a, a, a nice Christmas and holiday season. want to thank Yankee Insurance, TRS Industries, Chris Heise, American Family Insurance Agent, Essentia Health, Legacy Wealth Management. Paul Myers is out there, heard at horns. He's tuned in, listening, getting ready for the Bison game. Valley Tire. And, and guys, before we went into the break, my question was if Chris Kleiman takes a Kansas State job. And a lot, of, a lot going on this weekend. This weekend, to me, is so reminiscent of that weekend five years ago when Craig Bull went to Wyoming, when Bison Nation was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And everything worked out just fine. And I think one of the reasons, in fact, I know your pal Swanee knows one of the reasons things worked out fine is because Gene Taylor, five years ago, hired Chris Kleiman, the then defensive coordinator for the Bison, to be the next head coach for North Dakota State. And the name that keeps coming up on the short list, and this is what people are talking about, the name that keeps coming up on the short list for guys to replace him that I'm hearing is Matt Entz, the defensive coordinator for the Bison. Yeah, and I mean, let's get one thing straight. is If you think that Matt Larson hasn't been prepared for this moment for a number of months, if not years, you're crazy. Because Matt Larson is wholly prepared for the day that Chris Kleiman decided to move to either a Power 5 job or even an FBS job in general. There's no way he's not prepared for it. And I think if you're a Bison fan, you have to kind of be – you know, you don't want to lose Chris Kleiman, but at the same time, you have to be almost pleased that Kansas State is being very combative with not bringing in any assistance. You're keeping downright the, giddy. Keeping the, sa- keeping the same staff in place in Manhattan and just changing head coach. You have to be okay with that because then it opens up the door for Matt Entz to become the head coach. The other name that we said over the break, and I, I think it only comes down to Matt Entz or Tim Polisek who's currently at the University of Iowa, who was formerly, before Courtney Messingham, the offensive coordinator for the Bison. Obviously, uh, you're under the mindset, Swanee, that it has to be a defensive-minded coach. That's just the Bison way. I don't disagree with that. I just think I, I have to assume that Polisek's giddy to try to get you know into this job, into this head job. But that being said, I think Matt Entz has to be the guy. And then if you look at from top to bottom, the staff stays the same. You're in the market for a new defensive coordinator, yes, but I think you could promote within. You could you, you could do all that to really not see that much shakeup like we did in 2013. For, for the most part, Gazer and Klanderman, right there. You have a couple guys on your defensive staff that can jump right up, be that defensive coordinator. And you have to keep in mind that when Craig Bull left, he took he took most of the staff with him. Outside of Nick Gazer and Connor Riley, I think those were the, the only, only two that those, stayed. They were, yep. Correct. So I mean, you lose Brent Vegan, you lose all those guys to Wyoming. That's likely not going to be the case this time around. Everybody's still going to be here. Courtney Messingham will be here. Randy Hedberg will be here. You know, Tyler Roll will be here. Everybody's going to still be here. So, I mean, 
if you're a Bison fan, yeah, you don't want to lose Chris Kleiman, but at the same time, you know, you're sitting pretty good if you're you're not losing any of the assistants either. Chase, you've been you've been paying attention to this the last month when rumors started coming about Chris Kleiman's name being associated with the Kansas State head job. What what are your thoughts on that? The North Dakota State should they find themselves in the market for a new head football coach this weekend? Where where does Matt Larson go for that? Well, we'll find out a lot more at around two two thirty this afternoon because you know someone from the media is going to ask Chris Kleiman and Chris mm-hmm. Kleiman whether he wants to be truthful or not. I know one thing, he's not going to want to make it the Mike Houston media circus that happened out at James Madison, you know, leading into their game with Colgate. Now, whether he's had contacts with Gene, I don't know. You know, no one is officially going to know until after the fact. Now, his agent might have talked to Gene. Maybe maybe Gene hasn't talked to Chris. Maybe it, there's a go-between. But remember on Monday, it was asked if he's had any connection with Gene so far with Chris Kleiman's name being mentioned, and Kleiman said, I've had no contact with Gene so far. You know that question is going to be brought up again now because, as you said earlier on the show, the North Texas head coach was the guy, not the guy anymore. Chris Kleiman sounds like he's one of the two candidates to be the next head coaching job. And if he says no comment, you know he's been in contact. If he goes, you know what, I haven't talked to Gene and that's it, whether whether that's truthful or not, I believe Chris to not be a liar. I believe Chris to be a family value man and just say it like it is. Then all of a sudden it's not going to be a media circus. But if he says no comment – or he says, I've had talked to Gene, but I haven't, you know, done anything kind of like what Mike Houston said last week. That's where everything's going to get ramped up. So today at 2, 2.30 in the postgame press conference, you will either have the same speculation of what we're talking about now if he goes, no, I've had no comment with Gene Taylor, or I haven't talked to Gene. But if he says either no comment or I've had talked to Gene, but there's no specifics, that's when the rumor mill and the speculations will even get you know ramped up threefold. And, and you wonder another possibility, has the decision been made? Has the next guy been tapped? And does Ryan Peralt, the sports information director for North Dakota State, and Matt Larson, are they in that press conference ready to speak to it? Or do we get an email mm-hmm. sometime today saying, there will be a press conference at the Fargo Dome Sunday at noon or Sunday at 1 o'clock, and it's uh, just a press conference. and it, They don't announce the topic, and we all know what it's about, but I, I agree with you 100%, Chase, that someone's going to ask that question at the postgame press conference. And if it's a uh, my focus is on the semifinal game, I just want to talk about this impressive win over Colgate. My attention are the guys on this football team. That non-denial denial that's going to speak volumes. A no comment will speak volumes. The only thing that won't speak volumes and put Bison fans at ease is, I have not talked to Gene. I am not in consideration. I am the head football coach here. I don't think we're going to hear that. And I think that Gene, or Gene Chris Kleiman is somewhere on Gene Taylor's list. He's either top guy or if they can't get the top guy. And I think what happened, they offered it to Seth Luttrell and Chris Kleiman was there on that list all along. So they went after Latrell. He didn't want to accept the conditions where he had to take all of Snyder's staff. And then Kansas State had a plan to look at a Gene Taylor or a Jim Levitt. But it's going to be a real fascinating 48 hours for North Dakota State and Bison Nation with regards to the football situation. When we come back, I want to talk about, I want to unpack the idea of, uh, is it a Matt Ants, a Tim Polisek, a Courtney Messingham, a uh, Brent Vegan, who makes sense as the next guy for North Dakota State here on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan, and 107.3 FM. Safely and quickly as possible. 
Essentia Health Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, caring for you like nowhere else. For more information, visit EssentiaHealth.org. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? I would like to take this moment to offer up a prayer. Dear Lord, may the rains fall precipitously in sheets and torrents in Kennesaw, Georgia, and rain all over South Dakota State's parade so they have a long, tearful flight back to Sioux Falls tonight after getting beat by Kennesaw State. Because I'll, I'll tell you what, I've said it all year long. I'm on the record on this program. I think NDSU plays SDSU in the semis next week. They beat him by 17 points. I want to see a new team come to the Fargo Dome. And I hope Kennesaw State beats South Dakota State. So I just wanted to offer up that quick offering to the heavens. Getting back to the Chris Kleiman stuff. You know, we were talking during the break, guys. Chase, you made a great point where Kansas State fans, their in-state rival Kansas just hired Les Miles. Former LSU head coach, big one name. of the big, huge name. It doesn't get much bigger in coaching circles than Les Miles. Won a national championship at LSU. Coached in the Big 12 at Oklahoma State. The guy can recruit. He's a splashy hire. He is a good football coach. K State fans are up in arms because Chris Kleiman is one heck of a football coach, but he doesn't have the sex appeal to his name and his hire that Les Miles does. And there's that element, Chase, that you mentioned that for Kansas State fans, it'd be like NDSU hiring a Division II guy to be the Bison next head coach. Whether or not that coach is a great coach or not, Bison fans would get up in arms saying, what are we doing hiring a guy from a lower division? Rabble, rabble, rabble. And the the one thing that I'll say, you know, if you're Coach Clement, and I know you guys mentioned this earlier on the show, is that you're skipping a step of Mike Houston and Craig Bull. You know, they're going to um, – you know, they're going to the second step before you get to the top step. Chris Kleiman right now is at the third step. You know, you got like a six, seven step process mm-hmm. in coaching in college football, and Kleiman is up on the upper echelon of it. But if he skips, because if Craig Bull goes 12 and 0 in Wyoming, he's not playing for a national championship. He's playing for a New Year's Six Bowl game. Congratulations. You had a great year. Now go back to Laramie. Where if Chris Kleiman goes 12-0 and and wins a Big 12 championship, he's like Oklahoma. He's playing in the Final Four of the college football playoff and has a legitimate chance to win the national championship in all of college football. So it's hard for any coach to obviously take that level up and not take it, number one. But like you guys said, there's a different stipulation because Coach Houston took 10 coaches from James Madison to East Carolina. JMU is in rabbles. Same thing with what you said with uh, Craig Bowles. So, yes, for the fans down in Manhattan, Chris Kleiman's not a sexy name. But for Chris Kleiman, if he does get offered that job, um, it's a very hard job, I think, because when, if, you, if he says no, because he's like, you know what, I like what I'm doing. I don't need the money. My family enjoys Fargo. I like North Dakota State and what we're building here, all that stuff. And he says, no, when's the next time a Big 12 offer or a Big exactly. 10 offer is going to come around for Coach Kleiman? It's it's potentially once in a lifetime. And the, the coaching job, should he take it, is made all the much more complicated and tougher because of this. Kansas State is keeping their entire staff. Those guys have been there for a long time. They know each other. Bill Snyder's son is on that staff. They're entrenched. Now you have an outsider 
who hasn't been through what they've been through, coming in, and he's the boss. He's the new guy. So whether it's football, business, or politics, you're coming in to an entrenched team, and you got to convince them to be on your side. You have to convince them that you're the alpha dog, you're the leader, and that sort of working dynamic sets up for all kinds of potential complications. It is not the most ideal situation to be walking into, which is probably why Seth Luttrell from North Texas turned the job down. And I mean, you know, Chase brings up a really good point is, you know, when is a Big 12 opportunity going to come up? But I will say this, and, you know, Chase really, 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 you know, blew my head up when he said, what if Chris Kleiman says no? What if he says, I like it here at North Dakota State, I'm going to stay here, and I'm not going to take an FBS job, a Power 5 job, because you have to assume if he's not going to take the Kansas State job, he's going to be here for however long he'd like to be here. Can you imagine what the fans in Fargo will be like if he said no to a Big 12 job to stay here in North Dakota State? Oh, pull the beer trucks up to every bar that dude is That dude is Jesus. Talent. That man is like yeah. the equivalent of Jesus. Anyway, I, I agree with you, Swanee. It's, this is a really challenging you know, environment to go into. And not only that, you really don't have, you know, based on what we've seen on Twitter and stuff like that, he really doesn't have that much fan support behind him. Yeah, he might have Gene Taylor behind him. Yeah, he might have a few donors behind him in whatever he says to him in their meetings. But at the same time, the fans the fans don't know anything about him. The fans have no reason to put any stock or any trust in his abilities because he's coming from the, that you know scary three letter word FCS yeah. and not FBS. Yeah, we could guys we could talk about this for another hour and a half. We gotta move around. We got about ten minutes left. If that quarterfinal game against Colgate, the other games today. UC Davis at Eastern Washington, that's a 3 o'clock kick. South Dakota State at Kennesaw State, that's a 1 o'clock kick. Chase, last night, Maine beats Weber State. That bracket, that side is wide open. Most fans think South Dakota State's going to be coming up to Fargo. But first, the Bison got to get past the Raiders. What do you know about Colgate? Yeah, well, Colgate, it goes with their uh, running back, right? I mean, it, it just goes to Holland. Um, they have a dual-threat quarterback. Now, I'll say dual-threat because he has the ability to run. You know, he has the ability mm-hmm. to break down and make plays and scramble. So, I think those are your two options where if your NDSU fans are going, if you take away the run early, if the Bison get up early like they get, did against Montana State, Colgate has to throw the football. Colgate wins time of possession just like North Dakota State in their respective league. They all of a sudden go from time of possession and you say, well, there's a reason why their defense is so good. A, their offense doesn't put them in bad spots. B, there's not a lot of turnovers from their offense. And C, their offense grinds out four minutes, five minutes, six-minute kind of drives with Holland and their quarterback. So that's the big thing to see. And then the other thing is the defensively for Colgate. Um, you know, Montana State, Kleinman said it. They put their safeties high. They didn't want to give the Darius Shepard play action 50-yard touchdown pass. So they lived with giving up Lance Dunright and Bruce Anderson to the left, which obviously came back and bit them. Um, Colgate's probably going to try to put their corners on an island early because Coach Kleiman mentioned it in the uh, press conference on Monday saying their DBs are pretty good. They have good hands. They forced five interceptions last week against James Madison. Now, Coach Hunt came out and said probably not going to get five turnovers against North Dakota State. I would assume you're going to see a loaded box, man coverage, maybe a single high safety and they're going to say, Easton Stick, you're going to have to beat us today because Colgate's probably going to try to stop that run first and foremost. Absolutely. And, you know, Chase, for Colgate's offense, the one thing that, you know, I think it's going to be 
maybe in the early going, it might be a rock fight, guys. We might go into halftime seeing a, you know, whatever, 14 to 7, you know, 10 to 3, whatever. I think we might ha- have a close game at halftime just because these two defenses are good. And I don't think you can, you can take away some of what Colgate has done just based on playing the competition in the Patriot League. But at the same time, Colgate offensively, I don't think they can stack up with NDSU's defense. Just from a passing perspective, if you look at the stats for Grant Brenham in their sophomore quarterback, he's only thrown the ball 183 times all year. That's not a lot. To compare that, I think Easton Stick is up towards 240, 250 pass attempts this season, and we think of Easton Stick as a guy who doesn't pass the ball too much because the run game is so good. On the other hand, Grant Brenneman's only throw the, thrown the ball 183 times this season. So if you're NDSU's defense, obviously you have to control the line of scrimmage with James Holland, but at the same time, you almost have to make Grant Brenneman throw the football to beat you. I think that's the way North Dakota State wins this football game because if he passes, he's not used to passing as much in the environment. He's bound to make some mistakes too. The big thing is for the Bison defense, keeping Colgate in second and long, third and long on those first down plays, on those second down plays, you want to be seeing second and eight, second and seven, third and six, third and five. Colgate, the one stat that jumps out to me, fellas, on the of all the stats and analytics is third down conversion. Nobody's talking about it. They're talking about both teams' defenses. Colgate is 49th in the country on third down conversion. What that tells me, you keep them in third and long, they don't have a quarterback or an offense that's built to pick up third and sevens, third and eights consistently. If North Dakota State can do that, it's going to be a very, very good day for the Bison. And, oh, by the way, that Colgate-Vonta defense, they have not seen the likes of Walter Payton finalist, one of the top three. Awesome. The voters got it right. Easton Stick is a finalist for the Walter Payton. Let's get into it, guys. Game day predictions. What's going on this this morning? What's going on this morning at the Dome? You know, last week I went pretty high with Montana State – I thought NDSU was going to blow them out. I know Chase, you thought it was going to be a little bit more of a little, little closer game. You know, I think it. I think it might be just a little bit closer. I think it might be a tight game at halftime. I think Colgate has maybe the maybe the right formula. They're kind of riding on a ton of momentum, guys. I, I truly believe that having that contentious game with Army and then getting the eight seed and getting that bye week, then beating James Madison. I mean, I, I have to assume they ha- they're going to have a ton of momentum regardless of the environment in the Fargo Dome today. So I will go I'm going to go with a 35 to I will say 14 NDSU win. Yeah, and Colgate's got a lot of belief and they that, do. That, that that's the one thing you need to have when you're going into the Fargo Dome. I I I still like a close game personally. I'm going to go with a 34-10 ball game, maybe a 41-10. I think NDSU's offense wears them down as the second half progresses and speaking of offense, we're going to hear from Luke Bacon on my show coming up next, offensive senior lineman from Granville and also South Dakota State play-by-play announcer Tyler Miriam next at around 9:15 hear about that Jacks Kennesaw State game, so it should be a lot of fun. Quarterfinal Saturday. I've got my score written down. I had the Bison under 40. Then I thought, wait, since when does Swatty? The spread is 25, by the way, listeners. When does Swatty ever pick the Bison to score under 40 points? I watched that James Madison game. I watched James Madison move the football. Ben DiNucci is no Easton stick. Lance Dunn, Bruce Anderson, Ty Brooks, Darius Shepard, the Bison, Offense continues the explosive, dynamic output, and this one gets out of hand early, baby. This Bison team is historic. 
This Bison team is legendary. And this Bison team is taking the Frisco train all the way down to North Texas. And the fools standing on the track, the Colgate Raiders, are getting run over today. Because when the curtains go down and at 2.30 at the press conference and you look at the final scoreboard, it's going to say North Dakota State 42, Colgate 10. This is Herded here with Swanee on 7.40 a.m. The fan reminding you the strength of the herd is the bison and the strength of the bison is the herd. At American Family Insurance, we believe.